Hi, welcome to the tell it like it the tell it like it really is or tell it like it is like it really 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 is with Dr. B Baker, BJ Baker. Uh tonight, Father, I thank you and I praise you. The people have ears to hear and that my hair is the way it's supposed to be. There it is. It's kind of coming together and all of these things are going on on this live program. I thank you that we have a whole lot of questions coming up. I thank you that we are in alignment with your word and I give you praise, glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, tonight we're going to talk about taking every thought captive. We're going to talk about taking thoughts captive. And <clears throat> one of the things, uh, you know, putting your thoughts to the test and, and all of these uh, 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 different kinds of things. Um, one of the things that I, I find in my practice is that people say things that they don't want to happen uh, not only in my practice but just in my fathering and my mothering and uh in relationships and things that in talking to people um well let me just give you for instance that happened today i went to a chiropractor today and um he was telling me something <laughs> He was talking to me and he was saying that some of the things that happened to me uh, last year when I went into the hospital, he says, uh, I'm surprised that you're still alive. And I said, excuse me. And he says, you be an African-American. And, you know, I told him I am not African-American. I'm black. I am not African. I have no African anything. I am an American, but I'm not African-American. I am black. And he says, and your age and, you know, uh, you people. And he started going on about the statistics and he started going on about what happens to uh, those people. And I had to let him know something. And I told him, I said, you know what? When I went in the hospital, I had a go in date and I had a come out date. And I had seen myself come out. I didn't go through all of this with him, but I saw myself coming out walking. I did not see myself coming out with a toe tag. I did not see myself coming out going to heaven. I saw myself coming out so that I could complete my job. I told him, I did tell him this. I said, I don't know what statistics you pay attention to, but I am alive today because I am black and I am uh, uh, as old as I am. What did I do? I took the thoughts, I took the words that he gave and I took him and I made them captive to the word of God. Now it didn't make any sense to him. It wouldn't make any sense to science, but it did make sense to me. I did not go out there thinking I could have this. I know that I passed through death. I was dying when I went to the hospital. I already knew that. I knew that my vitals were saying that uh, I was turning gray, all of these different kinds of things. But my mind and my thoughts would not go there because God had told me, stay absent from the body, stay absent from anything that you hear and stay present with me. So what was he saying? He's saying, take every thought captive to the obedience of my word, which his word says that I have long life. I have long, good life. I have long, healthy life. I have long life. Uh, the chiropractor asked me, why was I interested in coming? I told him that the 
uh, things that has been going on with my back, with my, my groin area, what was happening is that it was a hindrance to my golf swing, to my being able to do the things that I, I, I desire to do. And so I wanted to find out what was the diagnosis, not the prognosis, but what was the diagnosis so that I could do something about it. Now, I was talking to someone yesterday, one of my kids, and one of the things of it is, um, as I was talking to that child, as we were talking to uh, uh, that, that child, they started talking about their illnesses. See, they own them. I don't own any illness. I don't own any of it. I do not agree with it. I take a diagnosis and then I take that diagnosis to the word of God. And then I find out how that diagnosis can be overturned. See, I'm all about overturning these things. And this is the way that we need to think. The word of God is the only word that is truth. The word of God is the only, only word that really means anything because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God, became God. When Jesus died, when he went to the cross, when he, when he ascended on high and the spirit of the living God came to live on the inside of me, that means Jesus never left the planet, left, left the planet. He came to live on the inside of me so that I could be a living word. And so the words that I speak, they are important. They are valuable. He said, that uh, he's been given a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that he is Lord. But he says, I have exalted my word even above my name. So you take my word and my name and, and you speak my word and my name will manifest what my word is saying. So we're gonna talk about the thoughts. He says, only think on those things that are good. Think on those things that are kind. Think on those things that are right. Think on those things that are glorious. Think on those things that are healthy. Think on those things that are righteous. Think on those things that you want to happen in your body, in your finances, in all of these different areas of your life. And you might say, well, Dr. Baker, you have not hit the uh, the places that I've hit where my bank account is saying this and my body is saying this and this is saying this. Uh, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Even right now, there are things that are going on in uh, my businesses, in my body, in my family, in my in the ministry in all of the different areas of my life but i cannot afford do you hear me i will not afford to speak those things the way that the facts say that they are i must speak truth about those i must speak what god says about those so as soon as I'm, uh, I was born again, I received the forgiveness of Almighty God. Well, that forgiveness is not just the forgiveness of my sins. It is the forgiveness of all of those things that were turned upside down. It is the forgiveness. <clears throat> it means that it is the forgiveness of all of those, all of those things that were messed up. God immediately starts to clean up those areas, uh, many different areas and aspects that there are in life. All of these different things start to be cleaned up. 
and in our lives you know we don't know how he and how god has dealt with these things but we do know that he did he says i've come to make all things new if you be in christ then you're a new creation old things the old patterns have passed away and look all things have become new now so therefore he says now he says you're not still down there you're not just a human being walking in this earth uh um dependent upon all the different situations all the different systems all the things that are going on he says you have now a superpower on the inside of you greater than the superpower of america greater than the superpower of russia greater than the superpower of china greater than the superpower of anything any of those those uh those uh, superhero movies and any and all of those things. I have the superpower of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me who has the answer to everything. And here's one thing that I would like to throw out there at you. I would like to give to you. I'd like to present to you. You know, when something is going on and, and this is not an easy thing to do. You have to start to ask the Spirit of God, is this what you mean for my life? Is this what you're saying for my life? Is this how you intend this thing to be? Is this the way this picture, is this the same picture that you have? And most of the time, the majority of the time, he's not going to have seen that picture. He will lead you to a scripture. Okay. Um, most of us spend uh, our years, we spend all of this time um, uh, building up all of this emotional baggage, even when we become believers, okay? Uh, we walk around, we're offended at this, we're offended at that, we're offended at this person, we're offended at those things. We waste all of this, all of this time being offended. And when we waste all of this time with all of these offenses, then we're not building, we're not changing the way that we're thinking. We're not building any power over the adversary, over the situations that we really have authority over. It's our responsibility to use what God has given us uh, and cooperate with him and his word and grow spiritually. Most people, there are so many ministers I kid you not. There are so many, so many apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that are babies. I mean, they are technons. They are babies. They still get offended. They get their feelings hurt when, when this happens. They get their feelings hurt when that happened. The people hurt me. I, I have sheep hurt. I have, uh, you know, and then, and, and then the people in the pews, they have the same problem. Here is the thing. All we're do, all you're doing is allowing the lie of an adversary, the lie of the enemy, the lie of the demonic kingdom to control your life. We know that Jesus is just is a savior, and uh, but he is saying, uh, I have saved your thoughts. I want you to surrender your thoughts. I want you to surrender and submit your, your emotions. I want you to put all of these things under the Lordship, under my Lordship, so that I am Lord over those things. Just think about that. Jesus is Lord over my thoughts. Jesus is Lord over my emotions. Jesus is Lord over my feelings. Jesus is Lord over my situations. Jesus is Lord in them 
over them, around them. He has lordship. So therefore, I know that I have already won. So he has lordship over my tongue. And so he, uh, as I speak, I'm thinking the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. I have to work. You got to take these thoughts. You have to continue to start to think the way that the word of God thinks. Too many of us, we know that he's our savior, but he is not Lord of our lives. And how do I know that? Because we don't give him lordship. We don't act like he owns anything. We don't act like he is the, 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 the first, the middle, and the last word. We don't act as if his word means anything. When Jesus is Lord, he is the one that's ruling. He is the ruler. When Jesus is Lord, we sense the peace in his presence. My God, situations happen to me today. And here it is, I'm thinking about them. And as I'm thinking about them, he gives me an idea on what it is that I need to do in order to take care of this situation. He is ruler over those situations. He is ruler over this body. He is ruler over these finances. And then, so therefore I have his peace. I have, I have his serenity. I have his hope. I have his word. I have, I have him that is, 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 is letting me know that it's all okay. Not that it's going to be okay, but that it is all okay. My thoughts are, are conquered, uh, by taking them captive to the obedience of Messiah. Uh, second Chronicles, I mean, second Corinthians 10, five says, but there is no situation, no temptation, no it, no situation that comes upon me. But that, uh, 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 but all of those things that are common to man. But God has already made a way of escape. He has made a way of escape. Uh, I think that is Second Corinthians. No, yeah, Second uh, Corinthians two uh, ten five. I think that's the scripture. Uh, at any rate, he says he has made all of those things subject to himself. So therefore, since I have the mind of Christ, now I can start to think about the same way that he thinks about it. Then all of a sudden, all of these negative thoughts, they just start to vanish. The emotional things. And I start to forgive myself. I start to forgive other people. I start to forgive. And when I start to forgive, I realize, oh my gosh. It is so relaxing. It is such a safety place. Uh, it, it is such a place where I'm submitted to him. I'm submitted. I've come under him and I'm yielding to him. I'm yielding to Christ Jesus. I'm yielding to the Messiah himself and that he is the one that, that has taken all of these things. And he says, wow, she trusts me. She trusts me. And I want you to remember something on this program. This is a live program. So please send in questions. I mean, send questions on the chat thing or whatever it is so that I can get these questions so that I can answer them because otherwise, you know, it's going to be a very short program, which is okay with me, but I'm, I'm here to, to assist you and give you some things that I'm using myself. Uh, both negative and, uh, negative emotions and upsetting thoughts can trigger some sinful behavior. It can, okay. Here it is. Here it is. We have in life. We have situations with family, with children, with, with, uh, different types of things. And, and here it is. Uh, these people bring a negative attitude to you. Now you can sin. 
you can walk in a sinful place and, and cuss them out, get ready for them, do all of these different things, or you can let them stew in their own mess. You know, the, the, the best thing to do many times when people are trying to get at your emotions, when they, as you said, they push the wrong button or whatever it is, then you realize that that's a button that you need to take and you need to put under the lordship of Jesus Christ. When we start to do that, you know, uh, our emotions and upsetting thoughts can trigger some sinful behavior. And the thought that upsets us has emotion has emotional power over us. Anything that has more power over you than God himself is sinful to you. It's twisted because anything he says, thou sh you shall have don't have any other gods before me. Don't have any other situations before me. That means your children. That means your husband. That means your wife. That means your business. That means anything. That means yourself. Don't have any of these things over, uh, uh, before me. Remember, remember, they can be toxic, but I can never be toxic. This is what God is saying to us. When we, when we deal with the thoughts uh, and and we first have to realize the power and things behind it. And when the power behind it are, are toxic uh, thoughts and emotions, what do you mean by toxics? Poison. And what it's going to do is to bring out something in you that you that you don't want to come out of you because it's not really a part of your nature. It's not a part of the kingdom of God nature. You see, most of the time, many times what it is is this is that we try to still live this Christian life. We try to live this church life and we forget about the kingdom life. The kingdom life is so much deeper, is so much greater, is so much more powerful than just living an ordinary Christian life. You know, many, many people get ticked off when you start to really talk about the kingdom of God. When you start to live the kingdom, when you start to use the king's language, when you start to realize that the king owns everything and you own nothing, when it realizes that the king has all of these things in control and you can choose to come under the protection of who it is that he is, which means that whatever he says is correct. Whatever he says is right. Whatever is contrary to that is wrong for me, is wrong, period, but it's definitely wrong for me. Um, thoughts have two tracks in which they influence us. One of them is lined with communication and hearing, and the other is uh, in line with authority. So the things that I hear, the things that I hear from my family, the things that I hear from my business, the things that I hear from my job, the things that I hear from all of these other different places, it's just like today, it was really interesting. Uh, this doctor decides that I should have had this shot. I should have had this. And I'm asking him, you know, uh, and, and what reason? And for what reason are you telling me this? What is this going to keep me from getting? What is this going to do for me? You see, here is, here's one thing that's very important. Never, ever, ever, never get intimidated by anybody. Never allow a professional. Don't allow anybody to intimidate you. 
When you are born from above, you got to realize something. You have all kinds of power on the inside of you. And then the communication you can hear with the ear of confidence rather than hearing with the ear of this person has more education. This person has more information. Here it is. I went to this chiropractor. He had more information about the body and about how the different things, the spine and this part works and whatever it was. I sat there in his office for a whole hour listening to him telling me about all of these different parts and what brings the toxicities here and what brings this here. Some of the things I know and some of the things that I didn't know. But when he came into an area that he was telling me because of, of, of my nation, because of my, uh, my heritage, because of certain things that I should expect other things. No, no, no. He stepped over the line. What do I mean by he stepped over the line? He stepped over the line. So if I was to think the way he thought, he actually thought that all of this history had authority over my life. When I came into Christ, I became a new creation. My DNA changed. All of the things in my life changed. Healing, manifestation of it, everything changed. Why was that? Because I came under the lordship of my king. And my king is the one that created everything. Do you understand? He is the one that spoke me into existence. He is the one that created me. He is the one that spoke everything into existence. So no matter what kind of information anyone else has, how can it stand up against? How can it stand up to the one that is in control of everything, the one that created everything, the one that knows how everything works? This is the reason that Marxism, communism, uh, uh, socialism, all of these isms. This is the reason that they want to take, they want to take the Bible. They want to take God. They want to take your belief or religion, whatever it is that they call it. They want to take all of that out. Why? Because when you lose that, when you lose a place that you can have faith, then all you can do, your mind can be changed. All the authority that you have. All the abilities that you had, all the hope, all the faith, all the things that you could count on, they're gone. So now chaos is okay. Um, whatever it is, violence is okay. Whatever it is, it's all about the, 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 the good, uh, the, the common good. No, I'm not common in any way. In any way, God did not make you common. So what I'm saying is this. You and I have to realize something. It's not good enough just to walk as a Christian. It's not good enough to walk as, as a, a, what you call the body of Christ or to talk kingdom talk. You have to know who you are, why you believe what you believe, how you came to believe what you did. And it's not just a prayer that you prayed. Repeat these words after me. What happened to you? Whose are you? Why do you believe what you believe? Because it will be challenged. It's going to be challenged in your finances. It's going to be challenged in your business. It's going to be challenged in your health. It's going to be challenged in all of these areas. And if you don't know why you think and why you believe what you believe, then you will do something totally different. You will bow your knees to a system 
to situations that you said you would never do. Why? Because a spirit of fear will come in because you have nothing solid to hang it on. Uh, I mean, you know, this is why you have to learn how to take thoughts captive and how to bring the word of God in and out of these things in order to be able to live without uh, uh, um, having someone else to tell you why it is that you believe what it is that you believe. Why do you believe God? Well, because I read this in the Bible, just because I do. That's not good enough. That is not going to keep you. That is not going to sustain you. If you do not have a reason for your beliefs, if you do not have solid reasons for your belief, then you will be talked out of them. You will bow your knee. You will look at it. Well, if you don't do this, you can't have this. Gas is up to $6 or $7 or $8. And look at it. If you don't take this thing, if you don't do this, if, 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 I'm talking about taking thoughts captive. This is a part, this is an important, this is a crucial part in your life. Uh, we can't, we can't silence all the different voices, but we can break their power in our lives. Uh, voices, the past, the world, the flesh, the devil, they don't stop speaking. They continue to speak. In the middle of the night, they continue to speak. When that type of thing happens, start to write. Just start to write those things out and then get rid of them. Get rid of them. Then, then go back to sleep. Write them out. And then as you write them out, you'll look at them and think, why am I thinking this? And then you take that and you, 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 you taking it captive because you're going to look at the word of God and says, what basis does this have? What actual basis does this have? How is this able to stand? How is this able? How is this proven out in any manner? Okay. Uh, the, the world, the flesh, the devil, uh, none of them stop speaking, but the anointing, the anointing of God, the, the spirit of God, the goodness of God, the wholeness of God, it nullifies their power. It numbs them. It puts them to silence. It puts them to shame. The Bible says that the foolish things of the Lord makes the the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of all of these things, it puts them to shame. It makes them look foolish, okay? And um, um, uh, uh, even, even when we hear a voice uh, that, that it has no authority or no power, we can, uh, you know, you can ignore it, but it's not just about ignoring it. What it is about is, is 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 how in the world am I going to take this word and how am I going to make it of non-effect in my life? What's the question? You said there's a question. I don't see it. Um, I know better, but I have been accused of not living in reality and having rose-colored glasses. Have you experienced that? And how do you handle these people? I don't understand the question. I don't know what rose-colored glasses are. Uh, I'll make it plain for me so that I can I can really answer answer the question. Um, you know uh, the word of God to me, and 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 please re, re, redo that so that I can be specific on your on the answer. The word of God to me is the only truth there is. Okay. <clears throat> Number one is this: I don't make there. There is a difference between faith. Foolishness and presumption. Faith has taken work. 
Faith is built. Faith is proven. Faith is the word of God. Faith is something that I live every day. Okay, I don't depend on any situation in the system to have my faith to work. If I had to depend upon my bank account, or if I had to depend upon someone else doing something, or any of that, uh, then I have faith in it. I don't have faith in any of the natural type of things. I have faith in the word of God, but that word of God has scripture along with it. It has a purpose for it, and it must align up with the purpose that he has given me. But also, I must line up with what it is that he has said. Every decision, every promise has something attached to it. Here's something that's really, here's something that, that uh, uh, happens to people. People say, I have faith that this is going to happen, but yet I've walked in disobedience in all of these things. You see, many times what happens is this. There are steps in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the word of God. Without obedience, you have not nothing to 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 hang. We have nothing to hang our 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 um our faith on. Too, I walk with God because He says, "Can two walk together unless they're in agreement?" The answer to that is no. Okay, I've already told you guys. My, my call, the different things that I talk about, number one, uh, tithes, offering, alms, first fruit. These are just baby things. I mean, this is just, this is, this is, this is technon stuff. Okay. If we're not doing that, we don't have any foundation because there's no trust. Okay. Um, uh, the fear of the Lord, the walking in the awe of God. Okay. <laughs> walking in the obedience of God. These are just the, the foundational things, just the foundational things. But I have found that there are many ministers, there are many churches, there, I mean, congregations, there's many different things that won't even, that don't walk there. And then they think, here it is, God's got to do this, 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 this. But yet I haven't done my foundational things to know that I can stand on it. And the ground that I'm standing on is shaky. Okay, come on, bring back that question, you know, make it plain for me so I can answer a question. I just love questions. Okay, um, uh, uh, one of the things of it is, is this, when I'm standing in obedience to what it is that God said, okay, let me, let me take you back to someplace. Let me take you all over the word. <clears throat> Look what happened to Abraham. The Bible says, if we be in Christ, we are uh, a new creation, old things have passed away, but it also says that we are the seed of Abraham, right? And that we get the blessings of Abraham and all of that. When, Abra when God told Abraham to do something, God told Abraham, I want you to leave your, your home, I want you to leave your father, and I want you to leave all your family and stuff, and then I want you to go to a place that you don't know, and then I'm going to tell you all of this. Well, Abraham left, but Abraham did not do it the way God said to do it. So God let Abraham go through the things until Abraham's until Terah had died. Abraham's fa uh, father died. And then 
uh, Abraham still had his, his nephew Lot with him. Until Lot left him, God's promises to Abraham did not start to happen, okay? Uh, look at Moses. God gave Moses some things that he had to do in, uh, in building the tabernacle. He says, I want you to build it. Remember, remember to build it the way that I showed it to you on the mountain. Remember, and here are the things that I want. I don't want any other things. I want no substitutes. And see, the thing of it is, is this, our minds many times has let us think that substitute well, I didn't do that, but I did this. Wow, that's dangerous. That's delusion. That's uh, um, that that's that's presumption. That's foolishness. Why is that? Because we're not living in the kingdom of God. There are certain things that I know will happen. Why is that? Because I'm obedient to the king. That's important because what happens is that we're out of alignment. And when we're out of alignment, we're not in the place where we can operate with the power and the authority. Many times things don't happen for us. Why? Because we're out of alignment. We're not walking in the faith, the level of faith, the dimension of faith that we need to walk in in order to carry the anointing or in order to carry the project or in order to carry the thing that God wants us to carry. There is such, it's, it's, it's never a thing that God is trying to punish us. Living by faith, not by sight, is how we live, okay? But people have accused me of not living in reality uh, because of that faith I have. How do you handle those people who accuse you? Okay, well, first thing you have to do is to really uh, find out if you're living by faith. Uh, living by faith. Many times what happens is faith has faith, faith has steps. Okay. And what that is, is this faith has, um, as I said, faith has obedience. Are you in obedience? If you're in obedience, then you're right in line. If God has said he, if God has, has shown you that this is what it is that he wants to do. And here are the things he will tell you many times that he wants you, that he wants to do something or that he is doing something, but we're out of alignment. So we're not in the place that he needs us to be in, in order for him to do it. Faith. Many times people think they're living in faith and they're not living in faith. So this is one of the reasons that people think that uh, 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 it's not reality. Reality has nothing to do with faith, but faith has everything to do with reality. Because reality, the, the reality that I'm talking about, the God type of reality, the real thing, but there is an alignment. There is an order to everything. Just like when Jesus came, he had to follow the pattern. He had to follow the order. Faith always follows a pattern. If you're out of alignment with the pattern, it is not faith. It is foolishness and it is presumption. I don't pay any attention to what someone else says. I don't cast my pearls before swine in the first place. When I'm standing in faith for something, it's between me and God. I mean, I am in faith for some situations right now. And I know the only thing I'm doing is saying, am I in alignment with you? Am I doing the parts that I need to do? And I'm gut-wrenching honest. And then I hear someone say, uh, this is something that that um, 
that 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 is a part of faith and so i look it up and i check it out and i change and i adjust because why because i must be in alignment with him i must be in alignment with his word i can't skip over things in order for it to happen in order for those things to happen it's just like um uh paul he knew the things that he was going to have to go through in order to get to where it was that he had to get to uh, the things in life or things that people have faith for. I have faith for obedience. I have faith. Uh, I have faith to obey. I have faith to walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, I don't have to have faith for other things. I have faith in God. I don't have faith for money. I don't have faith for a car. I don't have faith for a house. I don't have faith for any of those things. I wouldn't waste faith on things like that. I don't need to because he said this, as I seek first the kingdom, I have faith. Uh, my, my faith is towards the faith that I have in God, that I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being and everything that I need for my assignment, he adds to me. The problem is in the faith movement, oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for the question. The faith movement and I was in that for, you know, and I still believe in that. But they had faith for cars. They had faith for houses. They had faith for a husband, faith for a wife, faith for children. I got faith to get pregnant. I got faith for this. I had faith for this. And God says, that's not scriptural. None of that is scriptural. He says, have faith in God. Have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. But the only way you're going to have the faith of God is to have the mind of God. And when you have the mind of God and the faith of God, then you're seeking the kingdom of God, seeking to walk as the king says to walk, realizing that you own nothing. So that means nobody else does either. And so therefore, as I seek the kingdom of God and seek the king and his dominion and operating the way he wants me to operate with open hands, open heart, or nothing, oh nothing, any of that, but all of my faith is in him, then the things that I have need of start to manifest themselves because he says, I have given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. I have opened it up for you. And as you seek first the kingdom, as you seek my kingdom, and uh, Luke 12, I think it is, he doesn't even say seek first. He says, seek the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being and operating. And that is faith in God with the faith of God. He never told us to have faith in anything else or faith for anything else. He never told us to do that. We have taken it. We have twisted his word. And so therefore, we start to believe all of these things and we start to act on these things. And there we go. We're hunting for stuff. We're hunting for people. We're doing all of the things that that uh, uh, faith is proven because God is faith. I mean, it's got to be proven. God has proven himself over and over and over again. Faith is God. God is faith. God is love. God is faith. There is nothing else. And so when 
he has said something when he operates and when we operate in him his his anointing his faith in us operates and so we go into areas we go into things boldly i come boldly in his name i come boldly to do what needs to be done why is it that my thoughts as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Because I think like God, I act like God, I believe like God, I walk like God, I talk like God, I let God be who he is in me and through me, and I trust him, I trust God. I have no confidence in my flesh, no confidence in my flesh, no confidence in my Greek, no confidence in my Hebrew, no confidence in, in, in my uh, learning because I am constantly changing. He is the only one that is constant. He says he never changes, but we have to continue to change in, <laughs> in order to walk in the capacity that he wants us to walk in. Um, uh, okay. Uh, uh, we can't we can't stop a thought from coming into our head, but we can diffuse his power. We can cut down his power. We can unplug that sucker. We can do that over our lives. We can make it so that these things are not over our lives, but that uh, the faith that we have in God, in God, for him to manifest himself, for him to show himself strong in the earth on the behalf of his sons so that he, remember what he said, uh, Tina will remember this, um, you know, um, I mean, other people remember too, because it's in the Bible, right? But what he said, he said uh, that he did what he did to the Egyptians, to make his name known, to make him great in the earth, to make the people understand who he was, not to make Moses great, not to make anybody else great, but to bring forth the fact of who, the truth of who it is that he is. And he says to make his name known, to make his name great, so that people would understand who the true king is, who is owner of the water, who is the owner of the sea, who is owner of the wind, who is owner of the flesh, who is owner of everything. And so that's why we have no confidence in the flesh, but we take every thought captive to the obedience of almighty God. Hallelujah. Any other questions or comments? Because I, I even like the comments that people, a couple of comments that's come up there. One, two, whatever it is. Not going to exaggerate. There was only one. Uh, one question or a couple of questions and, and whatever. Okay, we still have a few minutes to go. Um, give us examples on how do you train yourself to take thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of the word. Oh, I love it. Okay, right now. Okay, here it is. Number one is I refuse to listen to wrong voices in my head. Oh my God, I woke up this morning. I had this weird dream. And I woke up this morning and all these thoughts were trying to come into my head, okay? And so what I had to do was this. Wait a minute. That, number one, that's not my thought. That is not my thought. I do not think that raunchy, okay? Number one, you have to speak out loud to those thoughts. You have to speak to them. That is not my thought. And you will not captivate my head. I will not. And so then I take the scriptures. 
I take a scripture and I say, I will only think on the things that are good. This is what God has for me. This is the way God thinks. I have the mind of Messiah. I have the mind of Christ. And this is the way Christ thinks. This is what it is that he says. This is how it is that he thinks. And so therefore, I can think no other way. What you're doing right then is that you're changing the way that your brain works okay many times people say well i just start to praise well okay all that that's great just start to praise if that's what you want to do but you're starting to praise but you're going to have to eventually speak to those things not speak about them another thing is stop talking about the things that you're thinking talk to it when you talk to the mountain, speak to the mountain, speak to the situation, speak to it. I don't care what anybody says to me. Nobody can offend me, number one. Nobody can embarrass me, number two. Nobody can shame me, number three. I just don't have the ability for any of those things. All of those things used to be a part of my life, but I found out that since he is in me and I'm in him, then there's no room for that. He was never, he already took all the shame. He already took all the embarrassment. He already took all the sorrow. He already took it. He already took it, defeated it, and, 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 and did all of those things. So it is sinful for me to think that way. And so here's another thing that you can do. I will not sin against God by thinking that low of myself, by thinking that low of anyone else, by thinking that thought. I sit high and I speak low. I speak into the earth. I speak life into the earth. God, this word, that thought that I'm ha that 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 tried to come across my mind, I know that can't be you. I can't find that in your word. Holy Spirit, is that your word? No, that's not my word. So I refuse to listen to the wrong voices. Whether they be my voices, whether they be somebody else's voices, I don't care if it's your husband, your wife, your child. I don't care if it's a preacher. I don't care who it is. If it's not life, he says, I came to give you life and to give it to you in in, in, in big time stuff. I came to give you the Zoe. I came to give you physical, emotional, psychological, all kinds of life. I came to give you me. And God is alive. I am a God of the living. I came to have you operate in my kingdom. The king came to rule. That is not rulership quality. So I can't think in that way. I test the voices according to the word. I, I, I speak to those situations. I speak to those circumstances. I speak to and I, I speak to it. I, I don't just go, I don't have to just go speaking in the spirit. But what I do is I set those things in order. And then, as it says in 1 John 4, 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. And because I know the word, because I read the word, because the word of God, is in me because I rightly divide, I rightly divide the word of truth, I rightly divide it, then when I hear something, then I know it's not that. It's just like 
uh, what I just spoke about. Many times, if we've been in the faith movement and all of that, we have faith for things. Find that for me in the word of God. It's not there. So what we're doing right now is, thank you, Tina. What we're doing right now is that we're reassessing. We're getting things into alignment. I had asked Pastor Lonzine, what should I teach on today? And she said, well, you went to the chiropractor. I hadn't gone to the chiropractor in 25 years or whatever it is. Uh, but I knew that I needed to do something. There was some adjustments and alignment and, and, and things were out of alignment. So we're getting back into alignment. We're going to, we're actually talking about faith. We're talking about things the way that they're supposed to be. We're not after things. Things are to come after us. I'm not hunting for this. Let me tell you this story and then I, my time will be about up, I guess. When I, uh, <clears throat> when, uh, I was living in Santa Cruz. And the Lord uh, uh, said to me, he says, get ready to move. And I said, okay. So um, I'm thinking, what do I need to do? So I packed a box. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I didn't go real deep. He said, get ready to move. Well, what I meant, what, what happened was this. Mentally, I started to get ready to move. Now, I, I, I just kept telling myself, okay, you're getting ready to move. So all these things that you buy, because I used to be, I mean, I, I, I was, a, a, oh my gosh, like to buy, oh, this on QVC, oh, this on HSN, uh, this on this. Oh my gosh, this, this new thing. I mean, you know, I'm so glad that I, I did then. That was the first time I bought Roku and I had all those stacked up in the garage. But what happened was this, I didn't unpack anything I had my garage very neatly set. I had all of these things in order. Okay, this is what I have. But he said, get ready to move. So mentally, I was getting ready to move. So I talked to one of my sons, Alfonso, told him, Alfonso, God told me to get ready to move. And he says, Mama, I'll find you a house. And I said, okay, you know, I'm a real estate broker, but my son is too. So I figured he might as well do it and he could earn the commission. And so uh, he started looking and he says, uh, where are you going to move and when are you going to move? I said, I don't know when and I don't know where. Okay. It was a while. It was actually about a year. I was preparing. I was preparing mentally. I was preparing by hearing God on small things. Now, when he told me to get ready to move, I didn't know where the money was coming from. I didn't know where anything was coming from. And then I started getting this in my, my heart that, okay, it's time to get, it's time to get serious about this. So I called Alfonso and I said, okay, it's time to get serious about that. And he says, mom, I believe that God wants you to move to Brentwood. I said, okay, find me the house in Brentwood. So, um, someone else said, no, mom, I believe you're supposed to move to San Jose. I said, find me the house in San Jose. Then somebody told me you're supposed to move to Livermore. I said, okay, find the house in Livermore. And then, uh, I mean, people are looking all, oh, no, you, how about Mountain House? I, I didn't even know where Mountain House was. Find the house in Mountain House. Fine. And then one of my daughters, she made a joke and she said, uh, what about Manteca? And so I, I said, okay. Well, she was joking because she knows how hot Manteca is. And I had said or thought I would never move to Manteca because it's hot. 
So Alfonso said he couldn't find me the house that I wanted there and, and all of this. And so one day it was close to the time, it was, I don't know what was going on. Uh, Lonzine, uh, uh, yeah, she was a pastor then. She had said, um, you know, to come up, it was close to her birthday or whatever it was. And she liked looking at houses. Well, I'm a real estate broker and I really wasn't interested in looking at houses. And so uh, we, we went to look and I went to this one place and I said, this is nice, but it's not big enough. And I feel claustrophobic in this. The lady was from, I don't know if it was Russia or the Ukraine somewhere or whatever it was. She says, I know where you're supposed to be. And I'll take you there. I said, no, there's no sense in you taking me because I'm a real estate broker and I'll be earning the commission and put the commission on the down payment or, or whatever. In the meantime, he had had me to buy some bonds and he had had me to do this and he had given me extra money and told me exactly what to do with it. And I did it. I didn't do anything with it except what it was that he was saying. I didn't know. I never checked to find out how much was in there. Never did any of those things. I was just obedient because I was following the king, period. Okay. So uh, I went and I looked and I said, okay, that would do. That would really work. I was going to talk to the lady about the house and then she told me what it would cost and all of these other things, the base price and, and all of that to build the house. Well, I didn't want to go through building a house. And I said, nah, I, I just didn't have it where I was supposed to do it. So here it was. Now listen to this. This is, this is how I, I had faith in God, not faith for a house. I did want to move. Finally, I wanted to move, but I didn't have faith for a house. I didn't have faith for anything. I had faith in God. My faith is in him. Okay. So here it is. I had, I had dropped it. I don't know how many months it was. I was teaching a class called the 1015. Really brilliant because it was at 1015 in the morning. I was, I was teaching this class at 1015. I was leaving the podium, going back to my office in San Jose, and the Lord says, call Kathy, tell her that you will take plan 21. I said, okay. I got on the phone. I said, I, I called and I said, Kathy, this is Dr. Baker. You probably don't remember me. She said, oh, yes, I do. I said, well, I'm going to tell you just the way I got it. The Lord told me to call you and tell you I'll take plan 21. She said to me, well, the lot that you wanted has been taken. Someone else has just started to build, someone else is building on it or has just chosen it. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't have a lot in mind. And she says, but if you'll take the, the, the last lot that's in this, in this phase that will fit the property that you want, then we'll give you this. We'll give you, um, I forget what it was, $20,000, $16,000, but it ended up being more than that because I wanted this uh, this gourmet kind of a kitchen and all of this other stuff with this uh, professional oven and all of these things. And then uh, I said, I said, fine, fine, fine. I'll, I'll, well, we'll see when I get up there. She says, are you coming today? And I said, no, today is Sunday. I said, I'll be there Wednesday, which I think was my daughter's birthday, with Lonsine's birthday. <clears throat> I drove up on that Wednesday, went over there and um, signed the paper, uh, got everything, the, the ball rolling. What they did was I got a, I received a 3% commission. I received my prayer room, which I'm in right now. I received it built for zero. I received my gym built for zero, my, my athletic room, which more athletics probably needs to happen in there than, than does. I got my kitchen 
which has my my big oven and then the other oven and all of the different things that I wanted in there. I got all of those all of those things for no cost. No one has ever had a room like this one in this particular complex. Everything went through. My daughter filled out all my other daughter filled out all the paperwork and all of the things that happened. Now listen to this. Moving from Santa Cruz to here all of my clients that were in Santa Cruz, I lost all except one, which was the First Fruits client. When the escrow closed, it closed the last of March. Uh, I had all of my kids that were up here. None of them came up there to help me pack or to do all of that. I had someone helping me pack down there, Christina and Sharon and di different people were helping me in Santa Cruz. Now, all of those things were packed up. Plus, I, I just hired someone to go ahead and do the big packing. But they got my son and all, all of them got all of the things put into place down here. All of my refrigerators, all of my freezers, all of my clothes, all of my dishes, everything. I didn't move in until the middle part of April, but everything was in place. By the time I moved in, uh, my, my granddaughter and I spent the night on the floor the first night she and I spent on the floor uh, here in this house before the furniture came. But at any rate, everything was moved in. I had one or two boxes that were left, okay? It was a smooth move. All, all of these things were done. Then he told me, he says, I want you to build a swimming pool and I want you to pay cash for it. I said, I don't have the cash to pay for a swimming pool. Where am I gonna get it from? He says, yes, you do. I said, okay. So I called a guy. We had everything done and I figured out, he figured out it was going to be right at $50,000 to pay to, for the pool. And so I said, okay. God showed me where the first money was. Then he showed me where the next money was. Every phase that it took for that hit the money was there. When I finished with everything, I mean, you talking about broke. I meant because of all the money that I had to put out and I had one client left, one client, a first truths client. I was faithful. I did not steal from God. I didn't say, well, I can give you the tithe and I can go ahead and use this. No, that first fruit client stayed for first fruits. God took care of me supernaturally everything. I had faith in God. This We're talking about faith. I didn't have faith for anything, but I had faith in him. And in that, he brought this thing through. I've been here, it's 10 years this month. It's hard to believe, but it's 10 years this month. And he has been faithful through all of it. He has been faithful through everything. Why is that? Because my faith is in God. It's not in me. It's not in my ability to work. It's not in my clients. It's not in anything. It's faith in God. And so what I want to let you know is this. In this time where we are in life, if our faith is not in him, and 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. 
And he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The scripture is meant, it's inspired by God so that we can live in righteousness, so that we can, can live in ease in him and that we can trust in him with all of our heart and lead not to our own understanding, but in every one of our ways, acknowledge that God, God is the one that I have faith in. God is the one that I trust. God is the one that I believe. God is the one that sees me through. God is the one that knew I was gonna get here. God is the one, I have faith in him. I trust him, I walk in him, it is not me. And my job is to obey, my job is to trust. This is the reason that tithes and offerings and first fruit, all it does is it proves our obedience, it proves our faith and our trust in God, our trust in God, because if we can't trust him, if we can't trust him, we are in, we're, 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 we're in a world of hurt. If you're going to trust in a job, if you're going to trust in what you make, if you're going to trust in your doctor, if you're going to trust, and I'm a doctor, okay, if you're going to trust in that, you better make sure that those people are trusting in God and that you are trusting in God and that your faith, your belief it is in him. God, I trust you. I trust the God. I trust you. And so therefore I see the God in that woman. I see the God in this man. I see the God in this and I can trust that it's truly you. So um, any rate, I, I pray that you've received something from this tonight because it's like, I didn't know what I was going to teach, but all I know is this, is God says it's time that his people truly, truly trust him. Stop ripping him off. Stop manipulating. Stop lying to ourselves. Stop doing this. And the place that we do it is the lowest realm. And that's the realm of finances. That's the realm of obedience. That's those realms. And it's not everything else is going to fail. The only one, the only thing that's not going to fail is him. So trust in the Lord with everything in you. And I bless you, and I bless you, and I bless you. And this is Dr. B. Baker, B.J. Baker, here telling it like it is, like it really is. And uh, I'll be back next week. And I so, so thank you all for your questions and your comments and all of that. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. And so I love you, and I'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Latasha. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Frederick. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, all of you. I can't name all of the people, but those are the ones that I saw. I love you. And 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 we're gonna get we're 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 gonna do this. We're doing this. We are doing this. Bye-bye.